people who sort of grew up in this golden age that had this expectation that things were going to continue to be wonderful and productive and, you know, you can get a job out of high school, make enough money to buy a house, have a kid, all those kinds of things. And that that was sort of taken away because of the sort of the new economic neoliberal model of, you know, globalism and all that kind of stuff. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back today with somebody that's going to be really great to talk with, uh, somebody who knows a lot about social work. Uh, we've got Professor PhD Stephen Kaufman, Stephen E. Kaufman. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's, I'm so glad that you're with me because, you know, we live in a society where there's a lot of people that uh, don't understand the value of social work, socializing, social safety nets, things like this. Uh, I just start right off. What wanted, What made you want to originally go into this uh this field i had a father who was a minister and at the very very young age i experienced you know he was if you ever read dunesbury you read about the fighting young priest you know my father was the quintessential fighting young priest uh so some of the issues that social work tackles today uh racism inequality things like that were things that were in my living room from as far back as i can remember uh, and then there's also sort of the spiritual dimension that's always been a part of my life. And uh, uh, in Buddhism, for example, there is a um, uh, perspective on how to live called right livelihood. And social work is a perfect example of right livelihood. It's, it's giving back to the larger world that you're a part of, recognizing that you're not separate from the world. Anymore. So that these things have been with me all my life in one way or another. Uh, did you grow up during a time when, when Christianity still had that social aspect to it? Well, I know we've lost a bit of the, um, the idea, you know, Jesus was kind of a socialist in the way that he took care of people. Uh, we've lost it a lot. Was it a little bit more community oriented when you were growing up? Uh, I was born in 1959 and my father was connected to a lot of the social uh, and civil rights movements of that period. So I can say almost definitely. Um, uh, he was uh, uh, knew people who knew, knew Dr. King. He knew people who knew uh, people in the SELC, all those kinds of things. So, um, so that, that, that zone was, was definitely within the, at least his branch of Christianity at that time. Uh, but of course, as you know, there was a lot of opposition to civil rights under some other sort of Christian denominations at the time, which was unfortunate. Mm. And we see well, we see an extension of that today because of uh, Trump. And I know evangelical churches embracing, you know, the, the wrong wrong side once again. But uh, so, what was it like when you transitioned from uh, having a Christian background, growing up in the Christian, to uh, adopting this Buddhist uh, philosophy? It's a natural progression. Uh, I, I don't know how far you want to get into this in this conversation, but <laughs> we got time but, to burn. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but but there is a, a a dimension of connection to the divine that we all have, however you want to define it. That 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 Christ as a individual was very linked into, and other traditions also had folks who were linked into it as well. So I see a a good deal of similarity in. Uh, in the experience that someone like the Buddha had and someone like Christ had, uh, 
It's just a matter you put those individuals in the political and social context that they were in at the time and for a few centuries afterwards, and you can begin to see how Christianity evolved into what it is today and Buddhism evolved into what it is today. So the similarity of the experience that we can have as individuals, uh, I'll go so far as to say it's the same. A lot of people are going to argue with me, but mm-hmm. I'll say it's the same. Yeah. Well, they both are, are essentially trying to achieve the same point of, I think, oneness with you know yourself and, and everybody else and the universe, and, and they just go different routes. But I think ultimately the, the objective there is... The, the same Buddha, however, not so assimilated with uh, consumer culture, which is nice. Uh, so, do you teach students? Yes. Yes. Do, do, I, uh, are there are there misconceptions with your students when you start talking about social work? Do they get confused about it and whether or not it's necessary? Or are they pretty perceptive? Uh, I'm a little jaded in that because I primarily teach master's and doctoral level students who are in the program for social work. Uh, Okay. So they've come into it with the mindset. A lot of them have their preconceived. I mean, some of the most activist folks I know are the students that are coming into the program today. So a lot of them are already attuned to it. Now, if you're teaching undergraduate students, and we do have an undergraduate program as well, um, there are a few classes where you'll get folks that come in from the business school or economics or even engineering. And sometimes the, some of the discussions in those classes can get pretty animated. Uh, but everybody wakes up. <laughs> yeah. So, and then there's this, is there a misconception with people, especially in business that, um, you know, like this idea that, Poor, poor people are poor because it's their fault and they don't deserve any um, help. Is that right? I think it's very true. Um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily just folks that go into to, 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 to business or, or that, that mindset. I think a lot of people experience that. Um, and there are a lot of things that contribute to that. For one thing, we have – okay, professor hat on here. Please excuse me for a second. <laughs> Come on. But, but – we have really lived, we meaning people uh, from uh, who are walking in on the earth right now, we've really lived through sort of a golden moment in history where uh, we've been able to produce enough stuff that at least if it were distributed well, we'd be able to take care of, of everyone. And in the West and in the United States in particular, um, uh, we've sort of looked at that like, well, if we can do it, meaning overall in the culture, everybody else can can as well. And if they haven't, there's something wrong with them. And that's really reinforced, I think, in, in um, and, and don't get me wrong with this either. I, I absolutely love America. I love the United States. I love being an American citizen. Uh, but, you know, we've gone through uh, essentially 400 years now of experience where there always is a new frontier. And if you work hard enough, you're going to get something out of it. Or at least we revere the folks that have been successful in that. Um, and the fact of the matter is we're frail beings. We break. We are, you know, we come into the world helpless. We go out of the world helpless. We can be injured or damaged at any point in our lives. Uh, and if you don't have some sort of social safety net system, uh, then you're going to have people who suffer. Now, the one big 
difference that you'll see between a lot of conservative